Get ready for your unofficial dental hygiene podcast. These are the tales of two hygienists, one East Coast RDH and one West Coast Gygenist. Listen as they tackle the profession of dental hygiene with humor and enthusiasm. Now, please join Michelle Strange and Andrew Johnston as they tell you a tale of two hygienists. Welcome back. This is episode 49 to a tale of two hygienists. And this is Andrew speaking. This is Michelle. Andrew, you sound like your horse. I, yeah, I don't know why. You're your I'm, voice. No, I'm just fine. I, I'm i trying to sound sexy. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Please don't. It grosses me out. Oh. <laughs> don't do it. You know what's happening with <laughs> at work? I was just thinking today, I almost swore twice today. Am I doing that to you? No. Well, probably partially, but I got put with a new team, and some of the assistants are... Um, a little bit of a... Very opinionated. Potty mouth. A little bit. And, um, even a different assistant that's not on my team, she flipped me off several times this last couple of weeks. And it's, I mean, it's all in jest. It's very funny, but, um, I'm like, I might start swearing by accident. And I'm like, I don't swear. Yeah. This is very, I it's had to catch myself. It's hard to control sometimes. Yeah. So no, I'll be I good. I, that's just not who I am. But anyways, episode 49. Swear enough for both of us. Yeah, you do. Yep, episode 49. It is a, kind of our podcast anniversary. Yeah. Ish. I know you don't give a crap. But <laughs> I I am the We've worst been doing this a year. Social cues. Yeah, a year. A year is fantastic. It's amazing. That's crazy. I'm surprised. We really thought we would have 12 people listening to us and we have a lot of downloads. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um you know, it's really hard because we don't really have anyone to like compare to, you know, as far as like download numbers, as far as dental hygiene yeah. podcasts. But now that, you know, Jasmine and Christy are doing their thing. So maybe we'll have, um, some numbers to kind of compare. So cool. and, yeah. So. Yep. Okay. Can I tell you something that annoyed me on Facebook the other day? Yes. I mean, one of the things, one of the very many I'm so over these Facebook forums. If I see another sex joke on one of them and see 109 comments and then one posts something that's actually good for dentistry and get four comments, it's so damn annoying. Anyway, that's not what bothers me. Oh, good. I got a sub for Bunko. Um, What annoys me, so somebody was asking... Do they think that RDH is worth going to? RDH under one roof. Uh, yeah, yeah. And did you see that post? Um, no, I did not. So somebody was asking if they wanted to go to R or if it was worth it, like the the money, the flight, the accommodations, the CEs, and everyone pretty much said yeah. And you get so much free stuff. I was like, <laughs> really, really, ladies. This is that's what makes it so great. Not the fact that you're getting quality CE, not the fact that you're getting just content and networking. It annoyed me. And then what really set me off was they were like free stuff, free stuff, free stuff, free stuff. And she's like, oh, well, I think it's worth it. Um, luckily, I just did all of my CEs and I don't have to renew until 2019. So I won't have to do anything until then. Are you freaking kidding me? 
Wait, what do you mean you won't have to go do anything until 2019? Do you think there will be no changes in dentistry? Do you think there will be no advancements or any new evidence-based research or protocols? Like, I just don't even understand the reasoning behind that kind of stuff. And granted, I know I'm a, like, a CE crazy person. I love it. And I enjoy yes. it. And not everybody does that. But, my God, like, seriously? You're not going to go and do anything for two years? So what happens? What are you going to do? Because I'm pretty sure we all took oath, an oath to not do harm. And you not being fully educated and not knowing that things might be outdated or harmful to patients because you don't go to CE in a timely manner is doing harm. Sorry. I No, I agree. I like your vent. Um, I feel the same way and I just don't understand it. I mean, if I was working at the state level where I could actually control, which I know sounds kind of, you know, whatever, but really control like how much CE, I like the states that do the annual renewals of, I mean, it can only be 15 hours or 14 hours, whatever it is, but they also have it broken down into you know, two hours of local anesthesia, two hours of medical emergency, your CPR, BLS card counts for two hours worth. Your, in our, in our case, it'd be like restorative dentistry or adhesives or, or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and really break it down so that people have to go to those same exact types of courses every single year to stay up on what's current. I mean, that's, that's really where that needs to change at the state level, in my opinion. So I was really disappointed by that, sadly. But it, it is that is unfortunately the norm for mm-hmm. our prof- for a lot of professions. Honestly, it's not just. So I guess us. what what it's we would just, say I then understand. to our listeners is it's not you. Obviously, you're listening to a dental hygiene podcast. That's not you. But tell your friends, tell your coworkers, tell everyone. Not necessarily yeah. about the podcast, but tell them to to be on top of their CE. And I mean, isn't this such a great way to stay informed without having to travel somewhere? and go to the CEs and make time to sit at a webinar. Um, it, it's just, a, I think it's a fantastic way because we get those experts on and they, we stay really current. And I mean, you and I say all the time how much we've learned mm-hmm. and we go to mm-hmm. CEs all the time, but still like mm-hmm. having these experts on have been fantastic. It's been really great for our, for the learning experience at least. You know, I started doing with, um, with our dental hygienists and stuff in my office, so I'm a lead hygienist. So we do, um, like one-on-ones and whatever. And when I moved to this office, I started asking them about their CE and I asked them what kind of CE that they were taking. We have CE funds in our company. And so I asked them if they're using them and I really follow up and see if they want to go to any conferences or conventions, even with me, I'll, I'd like them to go with me and um, just letting them know that it's available. And so if you're in that same kind of position, even in ne- not necessarily a position of power, but just maybe even talking to your doctor and having them, you know, maybe provide $100 worth of CE credits or, you know, asking for that to kind of help you out. But any t- anyone that's in leadership or management can really help affect change too and get the, the ball rolling to get the patients the best care that they could ever get by making the provider a better provider. Yep. Totally agree. So that's all I have <laughs> for interesting things this week. I have had a very low key week weekend, which has been fantastic. I was actually home 
it was it's well speaking of anniversaries though it's a week since the election as of today uh, I okay so let's not really get into it too much because I'm sure our listeners don't give a crap um, however I think it's both they safe to say that neither of us voted for Trump right no okay wait it's not safe to say that hell or it is safe to no. say no okay um hell to the no okay so here's, did I say no yeah <laughs> you, you did sorry you, okay so here's here's my only thing. I, I have two little rants that I want to say about this, and then we can be done with this little topic. One, stop getting in the way with your protests, because I'm frustrated when you take over a large highway or a main thoroughfare for stupidity because someone can get hurt. Not because I'm against you protesting. I love peaceful protests. Do what you want to do, but don't hurt other people by doing it. Secondly. Is that happening where you are? Um, well, I mean, yeah, we're in Portland. It was pretty bad, but I was just saw a thing today about um, an ambulance driver was posted, said, I'm sick of it. We couldn't get this person to the hospital and they ended up dying and they, he had a four-year-old child. And so, oh, geez. Oh, my gosh. And, oh, that's you know, terrible. Here's the thing. I don't know if that's a true statement or not, though. You know, no one can really tell what's, what's true anymore. But just on the off chance that it is, be responsible in your protesting. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to tell people not to protest. Do your thing. My last thing is the people who are you know, pro-Trump, conservative, whatever, whatever, and your party won, great. But here's the problem. There is going to be a reckoning. There is going to be a lot of racism. There is going to be a lot of um, oppression. There is going to be a lot of those things, whether you like it or not. Whether you agree that Trump's going to do that or not, we've already seen the violence starting because of the people that who supported him, yep. the, the extremists. And it's not even the, the majority of the people. But here's the thing. You voted for this guy. We want you to be able to support and be happy with your vote. But you need to no longer sit on the sidelines and watch this happen. So whether you're conservative, whether you're liberal, if you see something going on, someone getting beat up, someone getting picked on, you need to step in there and you need to stop it. And everyone needs to do that. I'm completely, completely sick of this. It's terrible. It really is. It makes me very, well, I feel like I'm living in an alternate universe. I don't even know how that happened. I won't put my call because I, I, I sit very in the middle. Usually I yeah. lean more liberal. I li- lean more to the left, but for the most part, I kind of, I'm like, I agree with him. I, or agree for once, I agree to the other. I can see both points. What in the world just happened last week that that misogynistic piece of shit became our president? <laughs> oh, my God. I don't even want to travel to other countries because I know that is exactly the question I'm going to get. It's 100%. He, but here's the thing. Like I told my kids, he's still our president. We have to support him, and we have to put him in a position where he can only do good, where he, where he is forced to do make good choices. 
and it's going to be very hard in a lot of cases, but we don't have to let his attitude and his um, demeanor and mannerisms bring us down. And we get to choose all of that. We are the people, we are much stronger than any one single person who is president. So, well, and you know, quite honestly, I, I have always felt that the presidential or the president has very little bearing on my day to day life. It's, you know, my local government, it's my mayor, it's, you know, my Congress, um, making things that affect me day to day foreign policy. Yeah. I mean that your president's pretty much running that one, but it is not even that like I can go four years. I don't even know how it's been eight years since we had Obama like that (laughs) flew by to me, but four years. All right. I'll deal with him. We've had presidents that weren't great in the past and this country still went on. What I have a problem with is that he could possibly appoint up to um, three or four, I think I heard, Supreme Court seats. And that yeah. scares the shit out of me. So, yeah. on to our, our, <laughs> our interview. <laughs> because um, we could go on for days with this. But So we actually, you know, we highlighted last week um, another a fantastic hygienist, Katie. I hope everybody listened to that. Um, mm-hmm. She's very inspiring. And this week we have another, we did like a little dual podcasting with uh, two hygienists uh, that we've come to know and just uh, enjoy greatly. I actually knew Siobhan before the podcast and then we just kind of met Jasmine through uh, her being a listener. And now Jasmine is also co-hosting her own podcast. So again, we have two fantastic hygienists that are incredibly inspiring and we hope you enjoy them. Siobhan Healy and Jasmine Haley. This is our intro right here. This is our intro? Right here. Is that okay? <laughs> no. Welcome listeners to another episode of A Tale of Two Hygienists. I'm Andrew. I'm Michelle. Okay. So Welcome we're actually, back. yeah, so we're still here under one roof. Mm-hmm. We have stolen chairs from Brassler. We, yeah. Sorry, Brassler. Or thank you. Also, Brassler, shout out to Brassler. If I could get some burrs, that'd be great. Oh, God, you're shameless. You're shameless. Well, they don't listen to this first anyways. You first, you take their chairs, and now you want their burrs. Yes, please. Okay. He's such I don't a think All you have to do is ask. You know, we <laughs> learned in our um, keynote session, you have to ask. Just can we, ask. Before we introduce you, can you guys just tell us about the keynote session for a minute? Since we were not Make an ask of yourself. Yes. Make an ask. Ask. A-S-K of yourself. I love oh, it. Oh, man. That play on words, I would mess myself <laughs> yes. up so often. Another one was do less and do it less perfectly. So it was really about managing you in order to manage the stress. And a lot of stress comes from trying to control everything and most hygienists are controlling oh yeah mm. type a We're a bunch of crazy people a <laughs> we really are no i was gonna say the a d d d oh yeah yeah um the adult don't want to do it disorder yes yes <laughs> <laughs> so like basically that. it was it was about stress management and um a lot of people think that it's time management but it's really you management um, and it's okay oh, yeah. to ask for deep. help mm-hmm. and um, scheduling time in 
um, planning, planning, putting family first. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. A lot of takeaways. But the, the best Breathing. part about it was at the end oh when she kind of, do you remember her name? I'm so sorry. Colette. Colette Carson. Carson. Yeah, I met her. I got a selfie. Okay. It's going on Facebook. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, she did this whole great thing about what a hygienist day is like from start to finish. Um, And who was the person that was on stage? Dorothy Dorothy Garlow. Yes. So, I mean, she just had all of these props. And she was like, you get out of bed, you hit the snooze button, um, you pick up your phone, and, and, and... as she's talking, she's just piling all of these props yeah. on, on Dorothy. Awesome. Radiographs. I mean, it was the day the in phone. the life of the dental hygienist, everything that we do. And mm-hmm. it was just, I mean, even driving in the car, she dropped the cell phone on the floor. I mean, we're all the same. Like My favorite part was the very last thing that she gave, which was a um, boa. Because at the end of the night, for most married women, your husband... Is waiting for you, <laughs> for you with the boa. I wish you could see me shimmying. <laughs> so true. Sorry, Clarence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. But it was good because it just reminds you that we are all the same. Like we all have yeah. the same struggle. Yeah. Just different people, and we deal with it in different ways. But so true. that's what yes. you, that's what your listeners are missing. Just so you guys know, like really good <laughs> sessions here. Apparently, yes, empowering. Very I'm really empowering. Sad that I'm not. It's kind of nice, it. though, that, I mean, you're saying that you just talk to people and take selfies with people that, even though they're speakers, like, you're not yeah, nervous or shy. Yeah, uh, It took a while to get here yeah. to be that way. I still feel that way. I feel like Siobhan is a lot better than I am. She actually just gave a really great post about meeting these oh, hygiene celebrities. Right. Yes. I kept saying, I were that. your face in, was in that, right? No. No? My face? It was just you? People no, always confuse us, but I understand because we're kind of always together, <laughs> so I'm not say. offended by it. They're like, hey, weren't you just with a selfie stick? I'm like, I actually don't own one. <laughs> you're talking about Jasmine. I'll yeah. let her know you said hi. Um, but I used to be really shy. These hygiene celebrities, I mean, I've been active since I graduated from hygiene school 2006, 10 years ago. So I'm a stalker. When I see somebody inspiring that I, that I aspire to be like, you know, I... I stalk them, but never in my life would I think to go up to somebody and introduce myself to them. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you say that I'm better at it, but you're the one who actually encouraged me, told me that I needed to stop being shy, and I just did it. And then you just realize that they're they're very approachable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just they're just like us, and and they want they yeah. they want. I hate to say they, but our leaders they want us to be leaders too, because eventually we are the next generation. Mm-hmm. Yep. Of dental hygienists, um, and our future depends on us and us learning from our leaders. So, if you are inspiring to be a leader, because we all are leaders, you have to come to these conferences. You yeah. just you have to get out of your comfort zone. One of the things that you c- consistently hear is that when you're comfortable, you're not progressing. There's no growth. Yeah. And it's not good. Exactly. Complacent is not okay. Yep. And for me, I think that I am, someone told me that I am not an introvert, but I am under a lot of stress. Yes, it was Siobhan. (laughs) I'm under a lot of stress to be able to approach someone. I look like I'm fine. I'm smiling. Yeah, take a selfie. (laughs) Yeah. But it takes a lot for me to to get there. I I guess I, I would be a reformed one. 
<laughs> reformed introvert. Yeah. So I got a question about that then. So uh, would you, at the end of the day, you're like, I just need to be away from people so I can recharge and, and go back. Is that kind of still how you feel? Yeah. I feel like you're not reformed then. I feel like yeah. you fake it pretty good. Oh, so I feel okay. like that's what I am for sure. I feel like I'm that too. And you think I'm super social. She's, and she's really good at being social. But I want to go. I, yeah, I want to go home. Like, I don't want to talk to a single soul mm-hmm. after these meetings. Well, like, networking is great, but it's, it's draining. It is it's very mentally draining. and physically mm-hmm. draining. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you become more involved, um, you meet more people, more mm-hmm. people want to talk to you. So to be on the exhibit floor, there's no you're you're talking every two seconds you're talking to a different person yeah um but it's all worth it and it's great it's just you know we all know each other the more you come the more people you know mm-hmm. That's so and true. the beautiful thing is that you know that you're gonna see these people next year it, there's mm-hmm. so much to look forward to but yeah. it is like before we came out here i'm like do you want to go i said to jasmine I'm like do you want to go sit outside for a little while <laughs> before we do this do interview this and podcast. just yeah. decompress <laughs> and just decompress yeah so. Okay, can we introduce our guest now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. I kind of got sidetracked. I know. So, actually, I'm going to let you introduce yourselves then. Oh, Whoever okay. wants to go first. Jasmine. Oh, Jasmine has been nominated. So nice of you to raise your hand. <laughs> Thank you, Siobhan. Uh, <laughs> this is why I love her. Uh, so, my name is Jasmine, as you've heard already. Welcome, um, Jasmine. I am the founder of Beyond the Profi and also the co-founder of Mom Genist, which is a new blog that I have with um, Christy. Shout out to Christy. Shout uh, out Christy. Yeah. Christy, she I love you. She could have been here. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm originally from New York, um, but I went to school here in Maryland. I've stayed here and I have a history in public health, working with the HIV positive population, uh, some clinical practice, being in academia. And now I am enjoying speaking and writing, so that's my that's my journey. Were you just on a? Uh, were you with Mark on his? Yes, blog? I, I was. Yeah. yeah. How was that experience? Uh, Nerve wracking. I actually <laughs> did not want any questions this time because I felt like I wasn't totally all the way comfortable like I normally am. Didn't Aww. didn't show at all. It was a great it interview. Was, yeah, it was really good. I didn't I feel didn't that way. It, so so I mean, for I'm anyone that's, it's on Mark's website, markrdh.com. Yeah. Shout out to Mark again, mm-hmm. like the 8 billionth time. But yeah, it was a warm. He was really you guys, great. You guys did really good. I was, oh, I was thank you. about that one. Oh, so. thank you. Thank you so much. So I how long it. have you been a hygienist? Nine years. But I first started off as a dental assistant. Um, I did a dental assisting program in high school. And that started my junior year. And I started working as a dental assistant. Um, I actually had a plan to go to dental school, mm-hmm. but uh, life changes, and I'm a hygienist. I love it, and I am really excited about all the opportunities that we do have. Yeah. Um, you hear about it when you listen to this podcast, which has been a, a really great inspiration. Um, you so thank you so listeners much. And yeah, kind of yeah, like this is kind of how you came on. So listeners, you can actually be a part of the podcast. We love it, actually. Yep, and yep. so. Then how do you two know each other through? So we met at ADHA um, in Nashville. We were in a focus group together about HPV. Was Nashville last year? Mm. Yes. So hold on. You've only known each other for a year? Yes. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? (laughs) Our story is pretty fantastic, actually. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And then we went to UIP together, Unleashing Your Potential, which was amazing. But before that, she came to speak, which she'll talk about that. She came to speak to our students, which... I was like in a kind of a lull and I felt like 
I was on fire after oh, hearing Siobhan nice. speak. Um, she's been such <laughs> a great um, motivation. I just have some amazing people in my life, mm -hmm. but she's been really inspirational mm -hmm. um, to me. That's really, awesome. really great. Yeah. So Siobhan. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. I'm Siobhan Healy, and I am, I have so much passion, I'll try to keep it. No, don't. <laughs> okay. So okay. I, I, I've been, in, I graduated from phone school, dental hygiene, shout out to Bridgeport, Connecticut. Um, and <laughs> um, I graduated in 2006. Before that, I was a dental assisting, uh, assistant, but um, I wanted to be a chef. I wanted to get into culinary, so that's how my journey started. I never knew that. And yeah, so I went to, I graduated from a vocational school um, in Wakefield, Massachusetts. I'm from the Boston area. And um, for those of you who aren't familiar, vocational is like you go and you learn a trade. So one, one week you are in your trade, which mine was dental assisting, um, and then the next week you are in academics so I ended up I went for culinary but being 14 years old none of your friends you want to be with your friends so I went where all my friends were going which was dental assisting so I ended up um, graduating top of my class and my instructor tried to encourage me to go to dental school and I was like heck no I'm not going to school for eight <laughs> years what else can I do yeah. so um, you know I did go into dental hygiene for the salary um, I had a modest upbringing, and I just wanted to one day be able to take care of my family. But um, going through, you know, I just wanted to be the best at it. Whatever my career was, I wanted to be the best. So that's what my mentality was. I was going to go to dental hygiene school, get all straight A's, um, and be the best. Um, so after I practiced, when I was in practice, I started off um, in perio, and I was part-time pedo. So when you graduate, they tell you to stay away from those um, areas of dentistry because they're challenging um, but I like a challenge anyways the aha moment for me was um, I was in pedo and I had an 18 year old special needs he was um, uh, autistic and it was my first time meeting him and um, I just was myself and it was actually my first time interacting with an autistic person so the end of the appointment the mother came up to me and she said um I'm sorry it was three months later it was his his recare appointment and the mom said to me you know you changed my son's life you treated him like a regular person and nobody ever did what you did just the way you interacted with him right. but I saw him as an in, uh, a regular person mm -hmm. so I realized that as a dental hygienist I can change lives yeah. So that led me in a whole different direction. So um, ADHA is my professional lifeline. Um, they have, I, I didn't know why it was important to be a member when I was in school, but I knew I had to be. Um, a lot of people ask what's in it for me. I, there's a lot. You have to go and you have to get it. Nothing has been given to me. I've been working for it all with the support of ADHA. So I'm passionate about leadership. I'm passionate about um, implants, um, and I can thank Michelle for that because she actually oh, introduced me. No. You, you, you introduced me um, into a whole different way to care for them because I, I wasn't aware. So I appreciate you, um, and I'm passionate about professional freedom. I believe that hygienists, we can be happy. This is a rewarding profession. Mm -hmm. um, so I. 
I'm just I'm I'm showing hygienists the other side of things and um, new graduates are special to me um, I'm trying to get a hold of them hold on tight to them so that they know that it's just more than it's more than just teeth scraping absolutely mm-hmm. so that's yes. our, our passion yeah. as that well. was a we long story <laughs> I love it yeah. that's good, that's good <laughs> no it's really great and yeah. I think it's um, important to hear that and because like you said like you hear people's stories and it's like it lights a fire mm-hmm. and you're like compelled mm-hmm. to do that and feel that you want to feel that passion like if you don't feel that passionate about anything in life like how sad is that that you go to work and you're like meh mm-hmm. when's the, <laughs> when i clock out when's lunch yeah. well, we're talking home. about burnout too before yeah, that's, that's like true. the same thing is like you're not finding the the joy or the passion in your profession anymore yeah you just go there and do the same thing over and over mm-hmm. again you're not looking for the individual characteristics of each person that you're treating and trying to relate to them on a special note mm-hmm. but and some people think that in order to have some sort of freedom they have to leave clinical practice and i just want to make it clear that you don't have to mm. but it's thank you yeah because some people think that you know when we're talking about motivational um, anything about motivation mm-hmm. oh well you know you guys are elite you know all you know i I'm never going to be in academia or I'm never going to do research, but you can still have that happiness within um, clinical practice. A lot of that work you have to do is within yourself. So one thing that I learned from Siobhan when we went to Unleashing Your Potential, we actually stayed up really, really late at night talking with our bonnets on our head. (laughs) 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 Like, we need to get to sleep right now. (laughs) And... um, we talked about that and, th- and that was a big inspiration for me. Like I realized that I need to work on myself. So a lot of things that I did was um, listen to motivational speaking, fi- figure out what is the problem? What is it that I'm not happy about and work on me being aware, being self-aware. And that's one thing that I was encouraged. Um, she's also into yoga and stuff. So and it's meditation only, and stuff. It's not only that, but it's a lot of us. We focus on, I don't think that we have any weaknesses, but some people believe that. And I think that if you focus on what your strength is, that can just be a life changing thing. Yeah. For Did you. you take that class at phones where they had to read the book strength finders that's how it that's how it started that's when my awareness and i how i've mentioned that multiple times on the Mm -hmm. podcast and Mm -hmm. i think that so for our listeners there's a book as might be another version now i mean i graduated many years ago i just just, strength finders 2.0 because there was like a first point and then there was Mm 2.0 and so with this book you take this test Mm -hmm. like and the test is um I can't even think of a question, but you have, it's like a split second. Like you have a, you have like a couple of seconds to answer yeah, it. Like it, yeah. it's not something you can like ponder like, Oh, if I w- if I wanted, would I take money or time? Like what's more valuable to me? And I'm like, Oh, you, you, like you can't, it's like, what, what, what is it? And that yep. split second and you have mm-hmm. to make that decision. And then it just, you run through so many of these questions. And at the end of it, it tells you like, what is your strength? And, um, I did mine for my master's degree with uh, phones. Mm-hmm. I just finished the course. Yep. Did you? Yep. Did you have to get up and tell everybody like what your strengths yes, are? Yes, you have to give it. And I chose an animal. Yeah. <laughs> so for Come me, on, going that was like my f- second day of orientation that we had to like present this, and mine is like achiever. Same for learner. me. Most hygienists are achievers. Same for me. <laughs> yeah, teacher. Uh, I don't know. It was very. It was five different things that it just made me sound like. 
I, if I wasn't the best of the best, then I was unhappy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, at least when I read that, I was like, I promise that I will be nice to you people, but it sounds like what I'm giving to you is like, if I'm not the best, then I will, I will mow you all down to mm-hmm. get to that, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I did, and I was like, God, <laughs> I feel like I felt that yesterday when <laughs> we're having that challenge. You know what? She's there was super competitive. Super competitive. There's a friend oh, of mine that not. said, um, she, I think she told another hygienist, a seasoned hygienist, I'll scale you to the ground. <laughs> so <laughs> just reminded of that <laughs> with that. what you just said. But yeah. It was so, it was amazing the book because there was moments just, you know, growing up, I'm not a great listener. I'm a, I'm a, a helper. Like if you give me a problem, like let's figure it out. If you need somebody to bust your ass to get it, like you back in shape, like I will hold that mirror and say, what the hell are you doing? Like, what are you, let's get it together. I'm not that person that's going to be like, it's a, I'm not a wooer. Yes. I'm, like, yes. I'm not either. Yeah. Tell me more. Tell me your feelings. I'm like, I don't care. You know you're doing the wrong thing. Let's get this together. Like, what are you doing? And for a while, I used to kind of like think bad. Like, maybe I should change. I need to get better about this. I'm not this. I'm not that. I don't work this way. And then after reading that book, I was like, no, my friends are going to, if somebody needs a good ass kicking, they're going to come to me. They want a listener, they'll go to there. And I need to embrace that and be okay with it and feel confident in that and not be like, well, why didn't they come to me with their problem? Well, it, it was also, it was also good to, to, it just makes sense. We spend society, we spend so much time focusing on what people are not good at and their weaknesses. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of people don't succeed in a particular job because actually, your talents are elsewhere your strengths are elsewhere so that was a life-changing moment for me to be able to say okay why am I concentrating on the things that I'm not good at let me concentrate on what I am good at and and take it from there but going back to clinical hygienists staying inside private practice um, you know we we need to be leaders you know, we need more leadership in clinical practice because we are the only ones that are going to get you know, um, the dentist to change and give us more time and, um, you know, the the one-minute lunch breaks and all of this. We have to stand Mm -hmm. up because we are providers, dental hygienists, we are providers. We have college degrees. We have license. We are just as important, if not more important <laughs> than the dentist and we needed to we need to be treated like that we need to be treated like the providers that we are um, and I think that if hygienists stood up for themselves and grew a backbone more in private practice we would have more clinicians that are happier and not getting hurt and and so on I think for me what the realization for me was that I have control over my career whether you're in clinical practice or academia you have control and with the strengths finder, I just felt like I didn't really understand myself, but I was in denial. I think that's what it was. Because when I read that, the strengths, I was like, oh my gosh, this is me. And I need to be okay with being an achiever and never being satisfied. I just need to learn how to find the balance, how to work around that. Um, and I've, I wrote about that in one of my articles is that it's a blessing and a curse to be an achiever whether you're in clinical practice or outside of that, because you're never satisfied. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get an award one day, and then the next day I'm like, oh, my life. Like, yeah. <laughs> I need to do more. I haven't done anything, and I just got the Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so um, let, me, let, me, let me analyze that a little bit, because I feel like that's... That's how ridiculous it is. Okay. I, I feel like I've complained to my, my dad about this a lot, where... Um, 
I feel like no matter what I do, I feel like I've done a lot of good, but I'm not, I'm never, yeah, I'm never satisfied. So how do you become okay with that? Like what are, I mean, does this book tell you steps to be okay with this? I mean, no, it doesn't. And so you have to find other avenues. So I a lot of money on therapy, podcasting, (laughs) free YouTube. Okay. Podcasts. Brenda Bouchard is amazing. I love him. Brendan Bouchard. There's a Bryn Brown. She's good too. He's very similar to um, Les Brown, but he talked a lot about, um, you have to do a lot of self-reflection. He has this book called Motivation Manifesto that comes with a 12-week course, and it just simply works on the self-doubt that we deal with and social oppression. So if you have self-doubt, well, that's going to make you feel that way. And it's a work in progress because that's something that you don't, um, read one book or do the qu- course with it and you're done it's an ongoing process I recommend that book to everyone so I think a lot of that has to do with someone's self-doubt and well, then we have this big thing called the mindfulness movement and I think everybody needs to hop on it um, because it's it's meditation it's positive affirmations. Mm-hmm. It's and um, I've been on a journey of self awareness, and it's never ending because I'm. Everybody is a. We're all con- continuing to learn. Just you have to be a continual learning machine, because it's important to understand that nobody's perfect. Um, there aren't any failures in life, and um, I do meditate every day. I practice what I preach, um, and through meditation is where you find self-awareness, where you find it's okay to um, not be satisfied. And it, it, it's we have these voices in our head telling us that it's that it's not okay. And being mindful and meditation teaches you where to put those voices. Um, you know, a lot of us walk around, I like to describe it as, and I'll go back for a little bit. I was sitting with some friends one day and we were talking about anxiety and somebody said, you know, there's a medication for that. And I said, you don't need medication. You need meditation for something like anxiety and depression. And this comes from a personal place because I was depressed. I was, I had anxiety. I had something that happened to me. We all have Um, you know, disorienting dilemmas that happen to us in our lives. How do you deal with that? Um, So that started my journey into meditation. But we all walk around with these voices in our head. It's like you have a million cabinet doors open, right? And it's like all all of these things are spilling out at once. So meditation and being mindful helps you close those cabinet doors in your head and you decide which one you want to open. Um, but I think that more people really do need, everybody needs meditation, (laughs) but that's how, but that's how you, that's how I'm okay with myself. And through, um, positive affirmations, um, I was meditating one day and it's guided meditation. So I'm listening to headspace. No, I use, I use Power Thoughts Meditation Club. Mm -hmm. It's a YouTube channel. Okay. Yes. And you can meditate anywhere from five minutes Mm -hmm. to 45 minutes, but they do recommend that you uh, meditate for the, your amount, how old you are. So I'm 31. So I should meditate for 31 minutes a day, but you don't always have time for that, but that's not an excuse. I still get at least five minutes in, but, um, uh, something that was mind blowing to me, um, I was meditating one day and the voice said, There are no failures in life. We have experiences. I do not fail. I only learn or I win. And I have to tell myself that 
all the time. You know, when I feel like I made a mistake, it's like, it's not a mistake. You, you learn from it or you succeed in whatever you're trying to do. Um, so, yeah, my answer to that is meditation. <laughs> and I think, too, you know, when you're a new, a lot, I just actually looked at um, all of the profiles of uh, my students. And they're all like 20, 21. I was like, oh, shit, I forget how young they are when they're. When I graduated, you know, like it was a baby essentially. And now being in my 30s, I find it's easier to accept that. Mm -hmm. And if you can become okay with that early on, I think you're going to have a lot more of a happier, fulfilled profession in Mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. But it it took many years to even get Mm -hmm. to that point where Mm -hmm. like if something happens, it's like, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It'll work itself out. Mm-hmm. It'll make it right, mm-hmm. and it, you'll you'll survive. And I think when you're young and mm-hmm. just getting into it, that is, it's like a smack in the face. But, you know, a- accountability partners are really important. Yes. And I think when you go to your offices and you're there from eight to five, five days a week, uh, really, it's hard for you to create relationships like that with your co-workers that's why going to conferences like rdh on one roof being a part of the american dental hygienist association that's how i met you know siobhan there's opportunities for you to meet individuals who are like yourself there's peer mentoring that's available and also mentoring from leaders within um speaking world the writing world um, our adha leaders are all there to support you and i think because of being introverted, that hindered me from my progression um, in ways that I wish I was more open to. Because a lot of things that I could have learned earlier on could have been made possible if I really delved into those resources. Um, And that's why I really love when Siobhan says the ADHA lifeline or like RDH under one roof. There's opportunities for you to meet individuals that that will you know, just express whatever, whatever it is, whatever your interests are. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. And be, and be supportive. There's more support than there are naysayers. I definitely think, you know, I think that's the case. Well, going back to accountability, um, you know, Jasmine and I, we met a year ago, but we have, we have a special relationship because we promised each other that we would always tell each other about each other when we are acting out of character or just trying to have an honest, authentic relationship. Um, And you need people like that in your life. And I think Mm -hmm. that, because I think we can talk about uncomfortable things here, but another thing that Jasmine and I were attracted to each other was that we were the only (laughs) African-Americans in this focus group. And um, Mm -hmm. I saw somebody that looked like me and was passionate and I'm like, okay, I wanna, I wanna, know I, wanna I wanna talk to you because we do, we need more, we need more diversity, yeah, in our profession, and yeah. that's something else that that we're passionate about too. Yep. Um, but we we are like-minded, and I would have never, I don't think that I would be sitting here today if Jasmine didn't give me this opportunity to come to B. CCC um, and give my um, sky's the limit presentation to her students because I didn't know that I was a talented presenter until I went to influence the students but most of the faculty were coming up to me and saying that they I inspired them so 
from that, just so much came out of out of us meeting mm-hmm. last year in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't wait to see what's going to happen in the next couple of years. We're both going to be definitely around speaking and talking about our interests, writing, and uh, just having fun, just having a good time. That's what it's all about right there. I doing, agree. Having fun, doing what you're passionate about. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. People definitely can tell if you're forcing it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some episodes. Yeah, Man, some. <laughs> I tell you what. <laughs> Michelle really forces it. (laughs) (laughs) Me? I force it? She forces her fun. (laughs) Whatever. Okay, so I actually have um, a topic that I'm just curious on your take on it. So we talk about hygienists that we need to be leaders and we need to be therapists in our profession, right? Totally on board with that. But do you think that there's a fine line between taking ownership of your profession, what you do, what you can bring with those patients, and being entitled in our profession. And let me just, because I see your face as you're like, what does that mean? Elaborate. So (laughs) how do you not get into that prima donna side of it? That um, I, my doctor should pay for my CEs. If he's not giving me CEs, I'm not going to this, or I deserve um, more instruments, like, or I deserve a raise, and or, my pushback. Or even could getting be, uppity about like what you think is better treatment too. That's right. kind of I have a problem. How do that. you? Because I think there are some really great dentists that do appreciate us and our profession, and then there's some that don't, and then there's some that get really frustrated with hygienists because maybe I think one of our doctors that we talked to before was like they don't appreciate the equipment i spent fifteen thousand dollars and they're dropping it on the ground or um they i'm 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 busting my butt trying to meet this over you know i got overhead and all i hear is nag 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 and not how can i help do this so that we together can do this Mm -hmm. and so where where is that fine line you know of we're co-therapists on the same patient. We're we're here to treat this person with the best practices available. We want to encourage health, but this all-deserving, I need, I want, I'd belong in this office and treating this patient too. Like, where's that line, do you think? I don't know if there is a line. I would say that, for me, I feel like there's two kind of people in this world, people who lead with their heart and people who have giant egos. And for me, I healthcare, you have to care about people. Um, and unfortunately, some people do come in this profession for the salary. Um, and I think that's probably um, what those kinds of dentists are dealing with, like um, the hygienists who think, I deserve, I deserve, I deserve. Where when you have somebody who's caring and comes from the heart, you look at the bigger picture. It's like, you know, I know that I need more instruments, but um, let me look at what, you know, how are we doing on production? I mean, I think that it depends on the person. Being a little Um, more altruistic in your care I, I, yeah I, I do I, I agree with that um but I also I'm coming from an education side I think it also starts with the educators um and the message that they're giving their students now there are going to be students that no matter what you yeah, do I was gonna say you they say come into a that program you're like holy shit you're yeah. my colleague one day god yeah. help 
and they're gonna they're always gonna be two scrapers Mm -hmm. that are there that are out they are practicing but i think that if the educators are really big about the message that they're sending Mm -hmm. i think also our curriculum needs to be approved in some way shape or form and of course the dentists are the ones that are choosing that um yeah but i think that if that was changed a little bit that would also help when it comes to um leadership really emphasizing that not all programs have a course with leadership or Mm -hmm. emphasizing it throughout their curriculum because um, a lot of times they just focus on well we've got to get you know a and b from these objectives and then there's no type of clinical application for that and I, i wrote an article about the dental hygiene oath and someone wrote on um, a Facebook post, what is it? You know, what, I, I don't even know. I didn't, I've never heard about that. A hygienist wrote this? Yeah, they didn't. Well, some schools, I mean, that's not their fault. Some okay. schools are not implementing that. And our oath is, is or that. Or uh, like drive-by of this. Right. Oop, our oath is that, that. Checked it off the objective list. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Our oath is that we are here to serve the public. Do and no harm. that needs to be drilled in from the very first semester. And I think that um, it's part like do no harm and sometimes the progression and continuous learning side of what we do is not discussed enough Mm -hmm. in a school setting, Mm -hmm. in a clinical, in in these hygiene Mm -hmm. programs. And even though you aren't doing harm because you're physically like hurting them, you are doing harm if you aren't following the most current protocol or you aren't updated enough in the CEs. And I, with my students, I always say, I'm like, if you are going and you're meeting those minimum requirements, mm-hmm. you go and you do the basics. Just think of that person that's gonna treat your child, that nurse or that doctor, who's doing the minimum about. How would that make you feel? We would should you be- feel secure in that? We should be treating our patients how we would treat ourselves. And your loved one, not yourself. Because sometimes we don't even treat ourselves better. You're right. Your child, your mom, Mm -hmm. your husband, like, Mm -hmm. you know, those people. Or Brad Pitt. Mm -hmm. Idris Elba. Channing Tatum. I mean, I would treat him really well. Exactly. Yeah, he'd get free dress services from (laughs) DeannaProfi.com. Andrew's like this. But that's a a good point. Sorry, Clarence. I totally love my husband. He's wonderful. Yeah. That's a good point. It does. I mean, I... My, I had good leaders when I was in hygiene school. My phones instructors were all movers and shakers and very involved. So what do you do? You graduate students that are that have that mindset. Mm-hmm. So it does. It does start in school. Mm-hmm. I um, agree. Yeah. But you, I mean, at the same time, we said like, there are just personalities that come yeah. through there. And I have said all the time, like, uh, it's really unfortunate when you have that um, hygienist who makes the grades. And they're mediocre clinically, but they're Mm -hmm. still, like, you can't not pass them. Mm -hmm. They're there, and Mm -hmm. you know it's going to be just the profession when you work with them one day. Our profession is advancing, and um, I have high hopes that, you know, one day the tooth scraper is not going to exist no. because we are just evolving into what we're supposed to be, inflammation specialists, preventative specialists. And um, if you're not going to jump on board, you're, you're going to get pushed off because there's no room for people who do the bare minimum. No. With sure. what we know with the oral systemic link, there's just no room for these, these types of people anymore. So, see ya. <laughs> 
Oh. <laughs> All right. So what are your current projects? What do you, anything that you want our listeners to, uh, you have your um, blog and then the website. So I, it's a business. Business. Um, yes. It's called Beyond the Profi and I offer continuing education classes. So okay. That's right. Sorry. I yeah. talk. It's okay. Um, I, I do have a blog component. Um, I do like writing about some of the fun stuff that I do, but I also am a speaker. So I talk about cultural competency, um, HIV AIDS, and um, I am also educating a small segment of the population, which are nurses who treat patients in long-term care facilities. And so that's my primary, um, that's my primary gig. We need to do another episode. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. How about you? Um, well, my biggest thing right now, um, I had the opportunity to be a dental hygienist in oral surgery. So my big thing is um, breaking that boundary, open up, opening up that door, um, and helping to get hygienists into oral surgery for implantitis because there is a need for us. Um, and I really think that hygienists should be wherever teeth are. Um, and we... With Ortho, too, yes, in that case. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So um, that's what my passion is right now, showing the dental world that hygienists need to be in oral surgery. What What are your, what's your day look like then? I, I mean, I'm having a hard time um, seeing it. That blew my mind when I learned Well, it. I can't give all my secrets away. So you'll have to uh, keep your close eyes on me if you want to hear more. (laughs) Um, But it was professional freedom. It was um, practicing the way I believe is we should, which is just standard of care. Um, I was scheduling um, individualized care. I mean, I had anywhere from 45 minutes to two hours with somebody. Um, and I was doing everything that I'm passionate about, performing extraoral cancer screenings, intraoral cancer screenings. Sometimes I would talk to somebody for 30 minutes about health history or about OHI. And the reason why I think that there is a place for us is because some of these patients were coming to me from, they would see their hygienist at their perio office on Monday, and they would see their hygienist at their general office on Thursday, but um, nobody took the time to explain to them alternative to flossing. And I'm not saying that it, it just, we don't, we all need to help each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, we know how we are um, functioning in these other offices. We don't have the time. And patients would ask me, you know, why do I need to come here? And I would say, well, you know, this is, you're special now. You know, you have, you know, when you go to the, you go to the cardiologist, if you have a heart problem, you go to the endocrinologist, you go to the endodontist, you go to your periodontist, you go to your general dentist. Well, now you have dental implants. Um, So now you have to come to your implant care specialist. So the body has all of these different parts to it. And we, each part is special. It needs to be cared for. In a, in a special way. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I explain that to them, they, they understand. They're like, you're right. Um, so I don't want to give too much away, but That's good though. it's happening. That's good. It's yeah. happening. And um, I'm, I'm just grateful to have had that opportunity to see that. I think that's great. So what would be new, uh, any advice for new grads or students? Join your professional organization. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> the American Dental Hygiene Association. It's free. 
correct, Jasmine? Yes, um, students. Right, students. for students, students. for yes. students. Yes. So become a member. Yep. Um, seek out somebody who you see doing what you want to do. Um, if you have a passion for implants, come find me. Come find Michelle. Um, if you want to know about blog writing, come find Jasmine. I mean, just just seek out help. Ask for help. Make an ask of yourself. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> exactly. We're both involved in leadership with mm -hmm. um I'm with the Maryland Dental Hygienist Association. She's with DCDHA. So I would see, I would definitely say that having, being involved with a professional organization, you start there, network there, um, start as a student because it's free right now. If you don't, even if you don't need the CE, go because you're learning the foundation in school. And when you get out and you go to these continuing education classes, these are the things that are going to build you up as far as your clinical practice. Be strategic with choosing your courses because at one day you'll be sitting in the same place that we are and actually be speaking and empowering and inspiring other hygienists. You guys are the future. Don't ever think that you're not. Um, and you're going to have a wonderful impact as long as you keep involved and uh, continue to listen to A Tale of Two Hygienists. <laughs> and yeah. also check out Mom Genis on Facebook yep. and uh, beyondthepropy.com. <laughs> there you go. That is perfect. That's the yep. she knows our routine. I know. She's, She's plugging. Listening. She's plugging. Got to plug. Got to plug. Oh, well, that's awesome. Yeah. You ladies are great. Thank yeah. you for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. yeah. yeah. Oh, we'll definitely, let's do it again. Yeah. There's so much to talk about. There, there is. is. Mm -hmm. I mean, we haven't even hit the nail on the head. No. With no. everything that we could talk about. There's so yeah. many topics, and I think the, the way that we learn and understand is through discussion and not always preaching. It's, mm -hmm. you know, ch chit-chatting, knowing somebody else is feeling it or going through it and being validated in that and your frustrations and then just seeing and hearing other people go through it and what they did and, you know, what do they love? Do I love that? Maybe I do love that. Actually, I do get excited about that during the day. Maybe I should go this way. And I think that it's nice and we, we have to be, we have to be friends and mm -hmm. have this. I mean, the beautiful thing about social media is that it's so, it's easier to share now. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, before I was against it. <laughs> she was. Because <laughs> I don't like text neck and all that other stuff. But pick a, pick a social outlet. I like Facebook. Um, and start connecting with people. I've met about five people that were my Facebook friends here at RDH Under One Roof. Yep. I mean. <laughs> So, um, hugs and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, ladies. Thank you. Thank, so you. Thank, you. Yeah. Thank you. We'll be back. Yes. We'll be back. Be. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Listeners, I want to tell you a story. A story I found on the web, which makes this Scaling the Web with Andrew. This week on Scaling the Web with Andrew, I teach a local anesthesia course, right? And one of the components that I needed to add was the new nasal spray called Covenase. Have you heard of that? Ooh, no. What? Tell me more. Okay. So Covenase is a nasal spray that can um, anesthetize mostly your anteriors. Oh, I kind of have heard it. It just got this. FDA yes. approved. I want to say it was beginning of July-ish or something like that of this year. It'll do premolar. It'll be do second maxillary premolar to uh, second maxillary premolar. 
So the website that I found that that gave like the best information, you ready for it? Speareducation.com. Spear. Do you love it? I do. <laughs> um, Perfect timing. And this coming is coming back from there. This one is by this the the article is called Should Dentist Use Covenase Nasal Spray? And it's by Andrew Cohen. So let me kind of just give you the highlights of this article and then hopefully listeners who go to it, um, I'll put the, the link in the show notes. It says, wouldn't it be nice to deliver a set of eight upper veneers and ask the patient to smile? Wouldn't it be even better if you could evaluate the restorations without numbing them? In most situations prior to removing temporaries, we need to anesthetize our patients to prevent patient discomfort. It is very challenging to evaluate the final rest- restorations after anesthetizing the patient because patients cannot move their upper lip. This prevents us from being able to evaluate proper incisal edge position and lip mobility. Recently, you may have read that the FDA recently approved Covenase nasal spray for use as a dental anesthesia. Covenase dental nasal spray is expected to be available this fall and should serve as an excellent adjunct in dentistry. Practitioners are always trying to create a painless experience for patients, and injections often create stress not only for the patients, but also for many dentists. The goal and the biggest benefit of this anesthetic delivery system is it serves to help eliminate this concern in the anterior maxillary arch with Covenase. Uh, with Covenase, you can achieve pulpal anesthesia without a needle while maintaining lip mobility and feeling. So that's kind of where it really comes in um, in handy is for a lot of aesthetics. So we have a lot of cosmetic dentists out there and this is going to be perfect for them because they can prep on the tooth without worrying about any patient discomfort. The only thing it would be maybe, you know, gum line anesthesia would, you know, not really be affected. So, um, but if you're just doing fillings or whatever, and you want to see how that, that looks, and you want the patient to smile, they can still move their lips very well. Wow, so, I've never really thought about that, like in that whole delivering the veneers situation. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, I'm never in an office that does that, but it makes total sense. Have you? So you have not worked with us yet? No, actually, I haven't even seen that it came out. I mean, they said it was coming out in fall, which is now. So I'm, I'll, I'll keep looking for it. Um, I think the only thing also that one of the reasons why we may or may not get it in our offices um, is because there's a lot of contraindications for it, as you can imagine. In with, oh. with any like inhalant, um, there's just a lot, a lot of things that you have to kind of, kind of watch out for. So it's not going to be, you know, for everybody, but, okay. and I think that it's made, I want to say it was, te- no, what was it called? I think it was tetracaine. I don't see it in my article here, but I think it was tetracaine mixed with something else was the anesthetic that that was used. Yeah. So it's very interesting. They have a nice picture and stuff on this, this website. They have, um, kind of an illustration of how you would use it. That is pretty cool. But I mean, if you weren't going to CEs and listening, you would not know about this product. (laughs) Exactly. So that that was a good tie in. Good job. All right. You know, that's me. Want to bring it back around. All right. Well, good job. Thanks. It's about that time. Grab your blanket and a glass of wine. It's story time with Michelle. For this week on story time with Michelle, 
In Uganda, when I was there, Daniel and I um, really tried to make a point to tell all of our patients, because fluoride, of course, is not something that's going to be put in the water there, and there's a lot Mm. of decay. Um, But we really did, but they drink a lot of tea, and black tea and green tea, which does have some studies to show that there is some fluoride in it, and it does help with decay. And so we really kind of promoted that without sugar, which is something you have to be very specific about saying because they will put a pound of sugar in it. (laughs) Um, So I ran across this article that says green tea intake as an adjunct to mechanical periodontal therapy for the management of mild to moderate chronic periodontitis, a randomized controlled clinical trial. And so this was published... I should probably, Oral Health Preventive Dental Magazine, which is um, a quintessence publication. It's from uh, July of 2015. So pretty much this introduction is, you know, pretty normal. It just says periodontitis is an immunoflammatory disease of the periodontal tissues initiated by the host response to a microbial biofilm. During the host microbial interaction, various metabolic pathways are activated that release chemical mediators such as your prostaglandins, your interleukins, your interferons, and free radicals. These mediators undergo repeated changes in their production that not only limit the bacterial challenge, but also help to maintain a balance between progression and resolution of the disease process. All of these molecules released during periodontitis Um, free radicals or reactive oxygen species are emerging as one of the most significant mediators of periodontal tissue destruction. Periodontitis is often known as a free radical mediated tissue injury. A free radical is an extremely reactive molecule with one or more free electrons in its outer anatomic shell. Are you familiar with free radical? Yep. Free radicals? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I heard that about two or three years ago and really making sure that we have a lot of antioxidants that will help fight free radicals. I I think I had to look it up when, do you remember when that palm juice came on the market back in Mm. 2003, 2002, something like that? It was just like all the rage back then, the pomegranate stuff. They're talking about free radicals. Oh, because of the antioxidant properties. So yeah, so I had to look it up and figure out what it was, but yeah. Ah. I even, I think I, you release more free radicals when you exercise, which kind of sucks because, yeah, you, no one needs an excuse not to work out. <laughs> okay, so in a healthy periodontium, the mild oxidative damage caused by ROS is perfectly controlled by the host through release of natural substances known as antioxidants. An antioxidant is any substance that, when presented in low concentrations, compared to an oxidizing substrate, significantly delays or inhibits the uh, oxidation of the substrate. Uh, Natural antioxidants, such as uh, your superoxide dismutase, catalase, and glutathione peroxidase. Lord have mercy. I drank too much wine this afternoon to be doing this. Um, anyway, these antioxidants neutralize the ROS and prevent connective tissue injury. However, in subjects with chronic periodontitis, 
an imbalance between the, an the oxidants and antioxidant species often arises due to tremendous ROS production and exhaustion of na natural antioxidants. So you need more. So pretty much um, what they did is uh, they looked at green tea made from leaves of uh, camellia tree plant leaf. I don't know. Is one of the most it's one of the most popular beverages in the world, which I thought that was interesting. The main antioxidant present in green tea includes flavonoids. Um, and it goes through a bunch of things. Um, traces of gallic acid, phenol. Uh, Phenolic acids. Oh my god, I really did drink too much wine today. Um, an average cup of green tea contains between 40 and 150 milligrams of the polyphenols and flavonoids, which we also talk about uh, polyphenols and decay in neutralizing pH. So, uh, although many in vitro, in vivo, and animal studies have explained numerous mechanisms by which green tea flavonoids interact with oral and periodontal tissues to promote disease resolution, no study has yet measured the actual increase in the total antioxidant capacity of gingival curricular fluid and plasma after drinking green tea in patients with chronic periodontitis. The present study aims to estimate and compare the changes in the total antioxidant capacity of the gingival curricular fluid and plasma upon green tea intake and its role in improving the health of gingiva and periodontal tissues. So, what they found, go to the bottom. The overall sample size included for statistical analysis at the end of the trial was 56 for the group, the case group, and 59 for the control group. Four participants dropped out of the case group and one dropped out of the control group. All subjects who were excluded from the study or dropped out of the, either of the two studies at any given time were still given thorough uh, non-surgical periodontal therapy, if you were wondering. All right, so here's the discussion. The results of our study proved that regular intake of green tea is a promising, effective adjunct to mechanical periodontal treatment for the management of mild to moderate chronic periodontitis. Regular intake of green tea along with mechanical periodontal treatment significantly increases the antioxidant levels of the gingival curricular fluid and plasma. The increase in the local antioxidant capacity was more apparent in the gingival curricular fluid than in plasma. Because of the ability of the catechines to bind to receptors on oral mucosa, salivary proteins, and the acquired pellicle. Since the gingival curricular fluid is the first fluid to co come in contact with the periodontal tissues for effective treatment of periodontal disease, it is important that the host achieve a good local antioxidant level. A minor increase in the gingival curricular fluid antioxidant capacity can be achieved by the control of inflammation through non-surgical therapy alone. The removal of the microbial load reduces free radical production and in turn leads to less utilization of natural antioxidants by the host. However, even after resolution of the disease process, the antioxidant capacity of the host does not immediately return to the baseline level. This is because the systemic antioxidant capacity, unlike the local antioxidant reserve, requires more time to restore the balance between the oxidants and the antioxidants after a chronic low-grade systemic infection such as periodontitis. Um, you kind of go through. So in the conclusion, the regular intake of green tea appears to have great promise. Um, uh, let me go to something that says good things. 
Green tea flavonoids result in superior and rapid healing of gingival and periodontal tissues due to its potent anti-inflammatory, astringent, and anti-plaque effects. However, further long-term clinical trials correlating the effects of individual green tea flavonoids on specific periodontal pathogens, immunological, and inflammatory biomarkers are warranted to confirm that green tea is promising aid for the management of periodontal diseases. Are you familiar with AO gel and rinse? It's an antioxidant. Mm-hmm. It's called AO. I think it's from maybe Perioscience or something. Um, it's an antioxidant gel. So I think that's a, this is a great study to show that antioxidants are important not only for our body, but also our gingival health. I agree. Can I ask a question about that gel, though? Is that um, subgingival? Is that why you put that? Um, I don't know. It sounded like from the study that they, they're saying that the gingival curricular foods, the first one that that comes into contact. And so like it, you know, kind of seeping up, you know, healing that way where this would be kind of a top down. And I don't know if like the, the the pressure from the curricular fluid push it right out. I don't know. I don't know. I'm talking about most of the time when it comes to perio, but. Unless something happens with the antioxidants at that top down where it is affecting the biofilm and the microbes, but also the gingival healing. Mm-hmm. I Interesting. Know. I love it. I thought I thought it was really great since both Daniel and I were recommending black tea and green tea to anyone and everyone that said they could get access to it. Well, I mean, you got to work with what you got. Yeah. Yeah. The green yeah. tea stains terribly, so... I guess you got to take the good with the bad. I agree. So that is all for story time with Michelle. And that is all for this episode. Number 49 in the books. Done, done, done. Yep. One year in the One books. Year. Can't Woo-hoo. believe it. Like eight well, more. Thanks right? listeners. Yeah. Eight more. 200. <laughs> yeah, you sure. said 200 sure. episodes. <laughs> oh, it's a long time. All right. We got this though. Yep. Well, thanks, listeners. Bye. Have a good week.